get into it this morning, and then uh, we'll pray and, and jump into the study. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. So we're going to take a moment now. Again, this is your opportunity. If you'd like to reread the passage, go for it. If you'd like to spend some time in prayer and just uh, dedicate this time to the Lord for you and, and your heart and mind, go ahead and do that. We'll come back together in about a minute, and then we'll, we'll jump into the study. So, Father, I pray right now against any distraction or discouragement that may dissuade us from hearing your voice in our hearts, that your spirit would move mightily amongst us, Father God, this morning as we hear your words. And may it be just that, Father and nothing more. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for dying for us. We thank you for providing for us and all that you do in and our lives. Father, the things that you bring us through, we pray, Lord God, that we would, again, continue to fix our eyes upon you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in this first portion, what we get to see is the commission Disciples have now returned. From last week, we talked about Jesus sending them out, right? Commissioning them to the ministry that he had. And here they are returning, but a quick designation is they are now, in Mark's account, called apostles. And so they're now called the apostles, which simply means those that are sent, those that were given a commission and a ministry to go and share the good news of Jesus in the surrounding towns. But they come back, and rightfully so, they're tired. They're worn out. They did a lot. They served Jesus and they were preaching the gospel and they were, they were healing and doing all the things that Jesus had asked them to do. And, and even Jesus seeing this, his own men says, hey, come away by yourselves. You need some time to rest. And so having compassion on his own disciples, he says, let's go ahead and get away a little bit because rest is good. Raise your hand if rest is good. I'm waiting. Because if you're not raising your hand, you're telling me you don't like to rest. We need to talk. Rest is good. That's something we need to understand. We've got to get away. But the culture of today says, if you're not doing anything, you're lazy. If you're not filling your time with everything that you can do, 
then you're wasting time. And so there's this pressure nowadays that I've seen in just a short amount of time that says, go, 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 go. And if you rest, it's a waste. But we need it because it refreshes us. But there's something that I want to take away from just this portion right here. It says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest. But don't forget the disciples were still with Jesus. That to find real rest for our lives, we still need to be with Jesus. We can't just walk away from him and zone out and do literally nothing. Because as the saying goes, you can only give away what you're putting in. And so we need to rest in Jesus. We still need to be in his word. We still need to be in his presence, fixing our eyes on him. It's necessary. It's not a waste of time. So maybe that's for somebody this morning. In Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll tell the quick story when that verse really hit me the hardest. Forgive me, but I was in the bathroom. I was at school. I was on break from the classroom. And in our bathroom at school, Calvary, it was the, it was the banner on the wallpaper. And I just read that verse, and probably no greater place that Je- to Jesus to speak to you to say, rest, be still. But for some reason, it struck me so hard in that moment. Because as a teacher and as a coach, I was going, 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 going. And I was trying to use all my power, my strength, my wisdom, me, 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 to do everything I needed to do. And I wasn't focused on him. But in the humblest of circumstances, he allowed me to put my eyes on a passage of scripture that spoke volumes to me, to be still. And in that moment, he said, Cameron, you you need to be quiet. You need to slow down. You need to focus on me. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So in those two verses, we see a couple things. One, we need to slow down, we need to pause, we need to be refreshed. But in Psalm 46, it said, Be still and what? Know that I am God. And in Matthew 11, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I, Jesus, will give you rest. Our focus, our attention, our vision is still on him and his word and who he is to fill us and refresh us in his spirit. So true rest in the Lord is when during those times of rest, we're still focused on him. Don't ask for the latest binge watch on Netflix. Don't ask or find out what the greatest, latest movie is or things to do just because as long as you're not working, What are we still filling ourselves with in that time of rest? It's something that we need to find out. So devotion and prayer, fasting, giving of yourself, giving yourself back to the Lord to be filled by him, that's what we need to do. So Jesus in his compassion saw that in his disciples, teaching teaching them that, that concept that, hey, let's get away. We need a time of refreshing. But he still had a teaching moment for them as they were getting away because the people were still flocking to see Jesus. And we saw that in that that beginning portion of Scripture where it says they saw them going and they ran ahead to get to where Jesus was. So even though they got in the boats and went across, the people went around (laughs) 
maybe by the water's edge, keeping their eyes fixed on the boats or whatever else to get to where Jesus was going to be. They needed to be with him. So much so that we see at the end of this passage that there were about 5,000 men. And a lot of people will say, okay, that was literally 5,000 men, not even counting the women and children maybe that were going along as well. So it could have been upwards to maybe 8,000. Some say 10,000. I've heard other people say 12,000 people. Imagine that for a moment. If it was just 5,000, and we'll take it at that, 5,000 people running to be with Jesus. So you can imagine what the disciples were seeing, all these people coming to be with Jesus, and here they are saying, I thought we were going to get away to rest, that we're going to go to a, a desolate place, and yet here all these people are. But now Jesus' compassion for his disciples turned to compassion for the people. And he looked at those people and said what? They're like sheep without a shepherd. Now, for those that are animal lovers or know anything about sheep, smart animals? No. Good. We're all aware. Sheep are dumb. Now, I'm not calling us dumb, okay? But they're dumb animals because they just wander, and as they wander around, all they're doing is what? Looking for their next plot of food, the next portion of grass, the next feed, and they just, once that's dry, okay, we'll go over here, and when that's up, okay, we'll go over here, and there's really no course to their life. And so Jesus seeing this, they're like sheep without a shepherd, and that's really going to be the heart of what we focus on this morning. Because what does is, what is the word tell us in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, should be up on the screen, all we, all we like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned, every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So again, I'm not calling us dumb. But we turn and do our own thing. We work and we work and we work and we find our next meal, we find our next provision, we find our next job, we find the next thing to do, and that's how we're going through life. Just what's next, what's next, what's next. And seeing that, seeing that we're lost, seeing that we're We'll call it confounded in life. God said, I'm going to send you my son and put the iniquity that belongs to you on him. What an amazing picture. But we need direction. We need discipline. We need provision. We need leadership in our life. No matter what your own pride may tell you about yourself and how well you are doing in life, you still understand. We all understand the need for direction the need for leadership, the need for provision. We're not going to do it on our own. So what does it mean by we've, we've turned to our own way, we've gone our own way? Well, Scripture, again, multiple times tells us exactly what that means and, and what that means for us and why God sent His only Son to die for us is because Romans tells us that what? We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No matter what we think we can do or accomplish in this life, we will fall short because of our sin, turning to our own way, doing what we think is best for our life. John 15, 5 says, For apart from me, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. You may think you can pull yourself up and, and do what you need to do, but the reality is, apart from Christ, we can't do anything. Without a shepherd, we're lost. Without a shepherd, we're ignorant. Without a shepherd, we're hungry. Because so much of our life is the spiritual. 
And a lot of people will hear that and say, apart from Christ, I can't do anything. Well, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look at the job I have. Look at the money I have. Look at what I've been able to do in life. Yeah, that's your physical being, your own wisdom, but the spiritual side of you needs direction, needs Jesus in your life. The scripture is very clear and declares that Jesus is our shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11 says, Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And if you jump ahead to verses 14 and 15, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, I've heard this multiple times about sheep and the shepherds, that the, that the sheep know their shepherd's voice. Have you ever seen this in real life? And I heard about this, but I actually went to Google to find videos about this. Where they've done, people will do experiments on, on uh, the sheep that know their shepherd's voice. And, and there's actually this place, uh, this video that popped up and, and people were invited to this farm. And they were able to go up to the fence and they were given, the shepherd has specific calls for his sheep. And he, the shepherd would teach these other people, random people, the call for his sheep. Says, go ahead, call them. And you see the sheep out in the field, they're, they're eating, they're doing their thing. And you see these people walk up to the fence and they're, they're making the calls, whatever they say. Come sheep, come sheep, come sheep. Not a single head bob, not a single movement of a sheep's head. Someone else comes up, maybe a different voice, uh, you know, girl's voice versus guy's voice or different inflections. Hey sheep, hey sheep, making all these weird noises and nothing. And then here comes the shepherd. The shepherd that has spent time with the people. The shepherd that is providing for the sheep. The shepherd that has spending his time with the sheep. He comes up and in just a gentle voice says, Come sheep, come sheep. And one by one, the sheep stop grazing. They look up, see the shepherd. And one by one, the sheep start coming to the shepherd. And it's interesting because they know their shepherd's voice. And so when we spend our time in the Word, when we spend our time in prayer, when we're seeking God, we're going, going to understand and learn His voice. And that way, be able to differentiate His voice from the voice of the world. Jesus' voice versus our conscience or whatever else may have been driving us before. The voice of our Good Shepherd, the voice of the one who laid down His life. For us because he loves us as we go back to our story in, in mark chapter 6 verses 35 through 38 reads this and when it grew late his disciples came to him and said this is a desolate place and the hour is now late send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat because the, the disciples mind and heart they're thinking wasn't this our time <laughs> to get away it's our time now we're tired send them away but he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. So still in Jesus' way, his compassion, his love for the people, he still wants to provide for them. So even though the throngs of people found their way to Jesus, and from the disciples' perspective, we're interrupting their alone time, their rest. Jesus' compassion still said, I cannot send them away without provision. I cannot send them 
without food. I've given them the spiritual. I've given them my word. I've given them teaching, but now they need physical provision. And so he took the responsibility for them, even though they came to him. And this becomes another teaching moment for the disciples. With obvious lack of provision, with obvious lack of food, the disciples were at a loss. But as we see here, they knew what was needed to provide for the masses. Because what was specifically said of the disciples, should we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread? They knew how much it was going to cost to feed the people. They had it calculated. They just didn't have the means. So a little side note, if you want to put in your margins, 200 denarii worth of bread was about a year's wage for the common laborer in that day. So it would have taken a year's wage to feed the people, at least just in bread. It's a good amount of money needed. So the disciples knew, they just didn't have it. So in that moment, we could say the disciples and the people came to Jesus in want. They were lacking. There was inadequacy to provide. And so you can see the teaching moment coming, can't you? Who's going to be the one to provide? And that's what we get into now. That's the lesson. We need to look to Jesus for our provision. And here's what separates need versus want. Because how we've set up our life, how we provide for ourselves, the things that we get comfortable with in our routine and our food and everything else and our job and career and our lifestyle, Jesus says, look to me for your need. Not what you want. Look to me and I will give you exactly what you need for today. It's about who is doing the providing, not what is being provided. Can I say that again? We need fixed on Jesus, the author and, and finisher, the person we're supposed to be gazing at all the time. Providing. So we need to get our minds off of what we want, what we think we should have, how much we should have, God, our provider, our Lord, the one who died for our lives, promises to take care of us.